Next on BYUSN, men's basketball and their non-conference schedule released yesterday. Do we think that rundown will adequately prepare BYU for Big 12 play? Plus, BYU safety Micah Harper announcing yesterday he's out for the season. How does that impact the BYU secondary? Bronson Kafusi will join the show today. What are his expectations for the new look defense and for the Cougars in the win column? Plus, how BYU Sports Nation karma helped BYU women's soccer get its first win as a Big 12 member last night. It's a winning Friday. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, August 18th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who is, I believe, a historian now of the BYU Sports Nation karma. Look, we can't technically explain it. All we can tell you is it's real. <laughs> that's at, this, at this point, that's all we can. If that's not enough to just say it's real and here's the example, I, I don't know how you're going to understand the karma or not. You tell me if it's real. Isn't it interesting, Jason, that Bella Foligno was on the show for the first time ever in BYU Sports Nation history? She'd never been on the show before. She comes in with her head coach, Jen Rockwood, on the day of a ranked matchup and says, you know, I have ambitions this year. I want to score a lot of goals. And lo and behold, we give her the karma. And not only does she score, Jason, she scores the first goal of the season. Uh, within two minutes. In fact, <laughs> this is how it looked and sounded. To the area. Off the head and off the bar. And a rebound. Poaching score for Bella Felino. And the Cougars open the scoring one minute and 40 seconds in. A minute 40 in. And it just so happened that the ball caromed right to Bella Felino's foot. I mean, off the crossbar down, Bella was there playing it perfectly. <laughs> two minutes Within two minutes, BYU's leading the other ranked team in number 21, St. Louis. Uh-huh. One nothing. Hold on for a 3-2 to two win, because the karma wouldn't be fully, fully in play if it didn't result ultimately in a BYU win. Well, and here's the other part. Bella was, was close to another goal as well. Indeed. She could have had a, a second goal in that game. Again, other than to just say it's real, and here's the examples of why it's real, that's really all we can do when we discuss the BYU Sports Nation karma. How many times do we have to point to the situations that just magically happen right after these athletes are on the show and good things happen? You could even say magic happens when you're living <laughs> right on and off the field. Yes. I wanted you to go there. Now my Friday is complete. Okay, maybe not all the way complete because it's time for what's trending. BYU is probably going to play somewhere between 14 and 18 Quadrant 1 games in Big 12 play. When we get to Big 12 play, right, you want to win at home. What's Trending, presented by Feastbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that helps feed hungry families. Jason, you just heard Nick Robinson. We spoke to him yesterday about the non-conference schedule for BYU men's basketball. We know the layout of the 13 games before they take on what will undoubtedly be the most difficult conference stretch in the history of BYU basketball with 18 Big 12 games projected to face 14 Quad 1 and Quad 2 teams in the conference schedule alone. That's crazy okay I mean just an unbelievable uptick in the challenge right there but we look at the non-conference schedule and 
there are only a couple of projected Quad One games. In fact, let's hear from Nick Robinson right now a little bit more about how the Quad One opportunities line up in the non-conference. We had 13, right, total quad one and quad two games last year. Total, quad one and total. quad two. Quad one and quad two, the entire season, right? This year, right, we're projected to have 14 total, right, quad one what? games. Yeah, not oh two, right? You know, 12 in league, two in non-conference with another seven, right? So a total of 21 quad one and quad two. 21 quad one and quad two quite the upgrade so i misspoke a little bit he said 14 total quad one projected 12 in conference and then the two in non-conference and for those that aren't aware of the quadrants here's your 101 class on this every ncaa men's basketball game is broken down into one of four quadrants the toughest games are quad one then next toughest is the tier quad two quad three and quad four and so forth BYU's got a bunch of quad three and quad four games in the non-conference, Jason, and most of those are at home. So they haven't exactly ramped up the non-conference. Do they need to? Yeah. And more importantly, do you feel like the way that it is laid out is adequate to get BYU ready for Big 12 play? Well, let's, let's be honest here. The NBA released its schedule yesterday. If BYU wanted to play some of those teams, maybe that would adequately prepare them <laughs> for what they're going to face in the Big 12. Look, I, I'm not necessarily so sure. I like what BYU did here, and, and we talked about this yesterday on the show. The fact that they have so many home games, I, I think that's going to yep. lend itself. Uh, lend, BYU, I think, can help itself significantly in getting on a roll. And, and I don't necessarily – I mean, I certainly expect them to win a lot of those non-conference games. But I, I think from a confidence standpoint – I think that could really help BYU go into conference play. Regardless of how conference play plays out, I think getting on a roll, knowing what you have, integrating some new pieces, some new key pieces, you know, into this roster. And, and we don't even know if the roster's done. There's still scholarships that are open and available. And so there's probably still some additions that will come. So I, I think that the non-conference I don't know if you're ever adequately prepared for what you're going to face in the number one college basketball conference in the nation. Yeah. But I like the opportunity for BYU not to have to travel very much, that you can sort of focus. The other part about being at home as often as they are, it lends to more practice time. You're not using up a day or a, you know, getting back super early in the morning and then you're sort of sluggish the next day for practice. I think that is a major benefit for what BYU has done in their non-conference, being able to play so many in Provo mm -hmm. or certainly within close proximity to Provo because you have the, the true road game. The only true road game in non-conference is at Utah. Yeah. So we're talking 45 miles north. You've got a, a, a neutral site game at the Delta Center. So you're not traveling very much, and that will help you to be able to have more practice time. And that's what the coaches want. They love to see what these teams do in games. Sure. But they, they make their mark, and I think they feel like they make their greatest strides in those practice opportunities. This type of non-conference schedule will give them more of that type of opportunity. We used to sometimes just shamelessly poke fun at our friends at St. Mary's because every non-conference schedule, it felt like in the last 10 years that the Gales would put together had them maybe leaving the state of California once. And if they weren't leaving the state of California, everything was in the Bay Area or maybe there was yeah. like a trip to Southern California. We were like, whoa, don't hurt yourselves too much traveling all the way to Southern California. But frankly, BYU needs this yeah. now. 
They're not in the West Coast Conference anymore, so I can still feel validated in poking fun at St. Mary's. Because for BYU, it was we got to go and challenge ourselves in the non-con so that we can create a resume that is good enough at the end of the season that hopefully these teams that we play and maybe beat are still in a place where they have good metrics and we can get into the NCAA tournament. There's no more of that. There's no more like hoping that the schedule will be tough enough. It's just going to be tough enough already if BYU only played its conference games. Like that would be enough. Yeah. But yes, the St. Mary's model for BYU this year with the nine home games, you've got, uh, or is it 10? 10 home games. You've got your neutral side against Fresno State. No, that's, that's right. Nine home games, neutral side against Fresno State, and then you have the MTE, which is neutral in Las Vegas, right? Yes. Okay, either way, if it's 12 or 13, the majority are home. As to your point, BYU will not have to travel a ton, and the trips that they do make are short. Las Vegas, in many ways, is BYU's home away from home. I love the balance. I love how it's spread out. Very few back-to-back scenarios outside of the multi-team event in Las Vegas. So, yes, home comforts, your own bed, your own annex. Like, BYU's just not going to have to travel a ton. But the thing I like the most is probably what happens from mid-December until December 30th when BYU closes things out against Wyoming. And that is almost like this runway to create momentum. BYU should be heavily favored in all of those games in December. Okay, Specifically, you look at Denver on December 13th, Georgia State on the 16th, and there's some time for finals for the students. And then it's Bellarmine, I believe. I I heard Bellarmine and Bellarmine, so one of the two was right. On December 22nd, shout out to Louisville, Kentucky and Bellarmine and the Wyoming Cowboys on December 30th. BYU should be, I think at worst, on a four-game win streak as they begin Big 12 Conference play. And then if they win at Utah on December 9th, then it's a five-game or maybe even more than that of a win streak. And I like that runway to create momentum. That's probably my favorite part of the non-conference schedule aside from just having space and time to breathe in between games and practice the runway to create momentum for Big 12 play. The other thing, and this goes to what Coach Robinson was discussing, you know, in the sound bites that we just played, because you're playing so many quad one and quad two games, most of which are coming in your conference schedule, Mm -hmm. you don't need to beat yourself up in the non-conference. It's the exact same argument that we talk about when, when we discuss the, the scheduling future for BYU football. You know, I, I'm, I'm on record as look, if you're playing nine conference games, I think those three non-conference games before before Big 12 play, I, I'm scheduling three wins. So you're not scheduling any more Power Fives. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not scheduling Power Fives in the first three anymore. If it's up okay. to me, okay. Because my my whole thing is I want to make sure I'm healthy, heading into the games that really matter. Yes. You don't need to out schedule yourself for basketball in the non-conference because your conference schedule is just littered with teams that are going to help with the quad one, quad two, you're going to get a bump just for playing the games. You don't need to beat yourself up in non-conference. My path for BYU to get into the NCAA tournament, or at least beyond the bubble, was to go 11-2 and in non-conference play. I think they have a schedule in front of them, Jason, that will allow them to go 11-2, and at worst 10-3. and Because I feel like BYU has to get to 17 wins overall in the regular season. Let's say BYU goes... 11-2 11-2 and two in non-conference play, and then they win six Big 12 games. Like, going 6-12 and 12 in the Big 12 sounds terrible on the surface, does it not? Like, 6-12? and 12? That's awful. I remind you that Iowa State last year went 7-11. and 11. 
Iowa State went 7-11 and 11 in conference play last year, okay? They were a six seed in the NCAA tournament, going 7-11. and 11. Yeah. That's how good the conference is. If BYU can go 11-2 and two in non-con, which I think they can do, and they can find a way to win six games in conference, they will be bubblicious. That is very exciting. I like the prospect of that. I like that BYU only has two projected quad one games, and who knows if those will even be quad ones. Right. I don't know. Like, it's probably San Diego State at home and at Utah. They're the two projected, like, quad one games. But, hey, win one of those, Jason. Find a way to go 11-2 and two in non-conference play where BYU should be the, the clear favorite in the majority of those, those games that are majority uh, at home. Now you got a shot to be bubblicious. And I think that's, uh, like, that's good enough for me. That's, that's a major step in the right direction based off of what happened the last two years when you finished fifth in the West Coast Conference. Before we move on to some football, we do have some breaking news regarding BYU men's basketball, and they have made the hire of the assistant coach. Um, they just announced uh, on social media, BYU head men's basketball coach Mark Pope announcing the addition of Colin Terry okay. to the Cougars coaching staff um, as the fourth assistant coach. I'm just kind of uh, perusing this briefly. Uh, Terry joins the Cougars after spending the past two seasons as an assistant coach for the Greensboro Swarm. That's the G League affiliate of the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Uh, it also looks like um, there is some local ties. Terry was an assistant coach at Salt Lake Community College. Uh, under current uh, Utah Valley head coach Todd Phillips. So there's certainly uh, some, uh, some local ties there as well. But BYU has filled, BYU men's basketball, has filled its uh, assistant coaching vacancy okay. with the hire of Colin Terry. Outstanding. Okay, so uh, strength and conditioning is all set in yep. place. Went to the NBA for Ops that. Ops is set. Ops is set. And now your third assistant, yes. which was an additional. It wasn't like an assistant coach left for somewhere else. Correct. Like BYU just decided to add one This is the fourth assistant. The fourth assistant. Yeah, fourth assistant. Yes. Okay, Colin Terry, welcome to BYU there Men's you Basketball. Go. There you go. All right, let's switch gears a little bit and talk some football. Yesterday we found out via social media from Micah Harper himself uh, that he's done for the season due to a knee injury. Certainly not what you're wanting to hear from anybody, it's, let alone... It's devastating. Yeah, let alone somebody of his caliber at a position... Uh, that BYU, quite frankly, does not have a ton of depth. Um, how big of a deal is this? This is a big deal, especially when one of his very close and talented teammates that also play in the secondary, and I'm going to leave names out of this because I don't want to put quotes on specific players, but uh, I'll tell you that it came from somebody in the secondary that's going to play, said, I feel like we just lost our best overall defender, and that is tough to deal with and tough to overcome. And this means more playing time for those guys in the secondary because Mike is out. But they were not viewing it as, oh, well, I have a you know greater opportunity to step in and play more. No, it was just like melancholy and a super bummer because they know what Micah Harper could potentially mean to this team mm -hmm. as they move into the Big 12. I think he's one of the most physical and one of the most violent, and by violent, I mean violent in a wonderful way in the game of football players that BYU has. And... He's, he's had this happen before. Yeah. Like, an ACL has happened before to Micah. So it's like, why? Why again? It feels unfair. It is what it is. But I loved his post. I loved his social media response. We're going to be happy to see him back on the field in 2024 when BYU's in year two of Big 12 play. But there's no way around this, Jason. This one hurts. Um, and hurt being the operative word there to lose Micah Harper because I tend to agree. I think he's one of BYU's better overall defenders on the entire side of that entire 11-man defense. Yeah, I mean, just in, in general terms, you, you never want to lose a starter at any position before the season even starts. 
and then let alone a, a position where the depth probably isn't there as much as it is at other positions. I mean, guys that you're, we're looking at now who will be sort of thrust into more playing time or bigger roles, you're talking about guys like Talon Alfrey, Ethan Slade, Raider, Raider DeMooney, yes. Tanner Wall. Those are the guys that you're, that you're looking at. Yeah. But to lose a guy to, to what you said, who's so physical at such an important position in the secondary, that, that is just a big, big loss. There's just no way to sugarcoat it. The other part that I, I want to touch on that you brought up is the fact it's the second time. And, and that's concerning. It's concerning for him um, because we know how important he is, and you never want to have to go through that at all, let alone yeah. a second time. Well, and I, I want to give credit to Malik Moore and Talon Alfrey specifically because because I feel like Malik, not just based on the Micah Harper injury, but before this, he was starting to play more physical mm -hmm. and a chip on his shoulder, and, and Malik had really ramped up his play in camp, and Talon Alfrey as well. Like those two guys, Jason, like they, they're bona fide starters, both of them. Like Micah Harper, Talon Alfrey, Malik Moore, like those, those three guys were going to play the majority of the reps of the two safety positions, straight up. Now it's just the two for the two, and is it more Ethan Slade? Is it Tanner Wall, who's a converted wide receiver? Or is it Raider, young Raider DeMooney, yeah. who the coaches are super high on, but he is young. Like, is BYU ready to rely on that type of view? I, I think they'll probably go more with Ethan Slade and Tanner Wall, and then it's Raider. But I hate that BYU has to even consider that yeah. at this point. I hate that they lost Micah Harper, and we wish the best in him, clearly. Like, we love Micah. Great, great young man. And we wish him a speedy and healthy recovery so that he can get back and be fully healthy and, and give it a go in 2024. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better. All right, our question of the day as we move from football back to basketball specifically and the non-conference schedule. When you look at the non-conference slate, do you feel like it is adequate to prepare BYU for Big 12 conference play and the toughest college basketball conference in all the land? You tell us. Jason, I never let you read the first tweet. You read the first tweet. Okay, let's go with uh, on X uh, from True Blue, BYU 1984. It's a good non-conference schedule, but nothing will prepare us for our first Big 12 basketball season. Nothing? Ah, is there is there anything that can prepare BYU? Well, you know how yesterday when the when the screen, we put up the full screen and it looked like the BYU was playing the UConn Huskies first? <laughs> if they were to schedule UConn for and every game. And San Diego State. That, that may, I don't know, that may prepare. There's some, that's hilarious because San Diego State and UConn played in, in the, the national, national championship yeah. last Pretty year. Pretty crazy, so, huh? Yeah, just when I saw those graphics, I was like, I'm sorry, is BYU opening up against the two teams that played for the national title? <laughs> oh, no, it's Houston Christian. Okay, very good. All right, uh, we're going to move the countdown a little bit later. We're going to surprise the folks, but let's keep this show rolling. All right, join us on Tuesday, August 22nd, for BYU Sports Nation's 2023 BYU football season preview show. We'll give you our predictions for the season, get a look at the depth chart with Blaine Fowler and David Nixon, as well as talk to the head coach of the BYU Cougars, one Kalani Satake. Up next, he is a man who understands rivalry and BYU football to the utmost degree. What does the return of Utah mean for BYU in the Big 12 as far as the Kafusi family goes? And what's the blue-goggled perception for Bronson Kafusi? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Feastbox Global Grill, a unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast.
There's not one guy on the team that I, I don't think can contribute and help us out on the field during, during our games. I feel good about where we're at and the, the competition and to get ready for September 2nd. Indeed, let's get ready for September 2nd when Sam Houston visits Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the first time ever and the Bearcats take on the BYU Cougars to kick off the 2023 BYU football season. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B alongside Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. Happy Friday to all of you and a happy Friday to Bronson Kafusi, who is back with us in the Cougar Council Room. Bronson, what's a typical Friday for you like in August before the football gets going? Before the football gets going? Well, it's... A lot different now, right, than it was. <laughs> but I, uh, this morning I went out and played a little golf with Ziggy. With I'll Ziggy Ansa. Yeah, that was fun. Okay. So we're out there trying to learn a new game. <laughs> okay, so you and Ziggy are both, you, you consider yourselves new to the game, okay? <laughs> yes. Say, who won today? Or were you even, like, competing? Well, we were on the same team. Okay. okay. And we... I guess both lost. <laughs> we had fun though. <laughs> you can say that in golf, right? Yeah. Like if you said that as a professional football player, it's like, well, we both lost, but we had fun. I know, yeah. that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, you said it. Like it's different than what these days used to be for you. For those of us who have never gone through a fall camp, because you've done it on the college level, you've done it at the NFL level. What's this time of year like getting ready for football? Man, this time of year is so focused on just what's next that your mindset as an athlete during especially fall camp, training camp, is just you're just there for the next meeting, literally the next lift, the next practice, mm. the next. And, and your mind is so, you know, yeah, funneled down to right now what's in front of it that uh, you're just going one one thing at a time, honestly. Does that help sort of simplifying it that way? Because you really don't have time to think about anything else. Definitely. Because um, you really want your mind to be on that practice so you can get better. Because you know the games are going to come no matter what. And you don't want to be too far ahead in the future. But you really want to be you know, locked in then trying to pick up you know, that last bit of sharpening your skill set for that first game and then it and then it kind of shifts you know from training camp into the, the season mode where sure. now you're just staying healthy and but training camp fall camp you are out there uh really focused on your skill set what you what you do great and being ready to bring it to the table let's give BYU fans a little bit of perspective when it comes to not just working on your own skill set and like the physical attributes that you want to perfect, but where does the playbook and the understanding of your defense and opposing offenses, like how does that balance through training camp? Like how much of, of that is integrated into actual camp? You know what? You are spending more time in the film room versus the field. Really? In, in training camp? In training camp. Really? You're only on the field for... Uh, Maybe like, a, like the longest practice I think you'll have is like two and a half hours. And then you have a walkthrough in the evening or a lighter practice. But you're, I mean, you're there in the morning at 6 a.m. You're getting your workout in early. Then you go to practice or you have meetings for a few hours. Then you go to practice and you have more meetings. Then you have a walkthrough and you go to more meetings. So wow. it's a lot of meeting time um, because you have a lot of young guys. You know, you're, you're trying to build your depth. 
like from the coaching side, it's like, okay, we got to make sure where if someone goes down, we got to be able to bring in the number two guy, number three guy, and they got to be ready to play just in case that happens. But we all know, you know, you're, you're, people are going to get hurt. Okay, so I, I guess, yeah, to clarify, this is not something where they're like, all right, we've worked on all the physical attributes, we're going through the actual practice, now go home and watch film. A lot of that film study is done in group scenarios, in meetings, during training camp days. Yes, in meetings, during, during training camp days. And it's nice, too, because everyone is there, and we're in the NFL, you know, you're all, I mean, same thing in college, but in the NFL, you're staying uh, at a college campus, or you're at a hotel with everyone. Yeah. You're all there, and so it's like, and football is it. So you are doing it all day, every day. You are studying, studying, studying everything. Because they, they unload the entire playbook during training camp. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to take like uh, everything and use it. They might take a very small percentage of everything, but they are going to cover everything just so when it does come up during the season, you're somewhat familiar. Mm. So they're trying to touch the entire playbook, even though you don't even – use anywhere close to that thing <laughs> during during the during the game and during the season it sounds like studying for a final okay we want you to study all of this material and then <laughs> we're going to ask you 10 questions but you don't know where the questions are going to be right? exactly exactly <laughs> it really is it it all comes back to taking finals in school yeah you can never yeah. get away from it can you <laughs> nope you're always you're I, always <laughs> flashcards you're doing the whole thing <laughs> here's the biggest question though but do you still have to pay attention to math is math part of that <laughs> Can well, you, kind of. Oh, angles? No. Oh, no. Pursuit angles? Oh, no. Drills? Well, okay. you know what's crazy? So I graduated in statistics, <laughs> right, analytics. And the way uh, a call sheet is built for a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, mm -hmm. it, is, it goes, you know, there's one column, you know, first down, mm -hmm. you know, and 10. Then you have second down and like 8 to 10, 7 mm -hmm. to 10, mm -hmm. second down and 1 to 3. Mm -hmm. and, then it, and then it goes into all the way up to third down, fourth down, and then field position. So you have percentages of what to call, and that's how that's they're actually going down analytics and making and making their calls. Yeah, it's really interesting. So anyone that thinks that you just just if you're going to be an athlete, you don't have to worry about studying or math. Uh, we're, no de hope. we're debunking that right now. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> yeah. definitely are. <laughs> okay, so in our last segment, Spencer and I were talking about the unfortunate news that BYU is going to be without starting safety Micah Harper. How big of a loss is that for this defense? Oh, it's a huge loss. It's a huge loss, mm. honestly, because. He, I know, has a presence, and it, it's hard to replace that presence yes. of a player like that because with presence comes leadership. You know, with presence, when adversity hits, that presence is still strong. Yes. You, and, and, and you, like, people follow. <laughs> follow up on that. You, it's a guy that when he's on the field, if you're looking at him and you're his teammate, you just feel better. Like, yeah. oh, he's on the field like, okay, we're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right. So I like that you used the word presence because I think that's totally an accurate descriptor of Micah Harper. Yeah, I think he has a huge presence, and I think um, he is going to be. I mean, without him, now you have to. And this is one thing I love about football, though, is you know you have to keep moving forward. So you can't control everything, but okay, we lost an incredible leader, uh, physical player, presence. Okay. Who's next? Who's going to now step up? Who's going to take advantage? Because right now we have maybe maybe two weeks of worth of practices right around there. And, you know, the coaches are saying, you know, this is it. Like, let's see who's, who's going to step up. And yeah. so that's going to be exciting actually to watch is who is going to be the one that gets into that role and comes in and like really takes it over. And someone, someone will. 
Yeah. It's just a matter of time to see who, Someone has who to. steps up. Yeah, they have to. <laughs> Bronson Kafusi is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I guess my follow-up question to this is, and, and you can go off of your own personal experience with, you know, injuries that you've unfortunately dealt with in your career on and off, but, you know, what's the toughest part of handling an injury like, like Micah has and the time required to heal and, like, the mentality behind all of that? Yeah, that you're, you're absolutely right. That is the toughest thing when it comes to injuries as – an athlete, especially when you're at the peak. Um, and the, the hardest thing is loneliness. Mm. So you get separated from the team because your schedule, just like that, switches. The team continues with their schedule, and now you come in and everything slows down just out of nowhere. And now you're in the training room most of the time, and um, you're done earlier, and now uh, you're taking on a completely different role. And now what's cool about Micah being uh, a leader is he's going to be able to now uh, take that time to train up the next players. Okay. He's going to be able to watch film with everyone who's going to be able to fill his role. So he'll still be able to lead and give back in a way. Um, but it is so tough when you're, when you're by yourself in the training room, yeah. or by yourself in, on the underwater treadmill, <laughs> just by yourself in there. It's, it's so different, so different. Mm. One of the things that you know, we're all going to be paying attention to this year is, is the defensive side. You have a new defensive coordinator. You have a new scheme. Everybody's excited about the possibilities on that side of the football. One of the things that gets talked about a lot on the defensive side is, is applying more pressure, more, more pressure on the quarterback, just more pressure in general. You've, you've experienced that before. What's the key to putting more pressure on the offense? Man, there's so many different, different things and different attributes and, and angles. But first, from a scheme standpoint, I'm thinking, okay, uh, you want to create as many one-on-ones, mismatches as possible. Um, now this defense, it's a one-gap defense, so they're going to be attacking upfield first. So being able to create those one-on-ones, a lot of blitzing is going to take place. Um, but then also it comes down to the players being able to win those one-on-ones and those opportunities because uh, they're going to be able to pin their ears back and just go. And I know I know they're excited about it. I've talked to some of them. and. Uh, and I always loved that too. Yeah. Like I loved being able to, like I knew when we got into that defensive front that I was going to be able to just go. And so, uh, and some of the other fronts, it's different, but this front that, you know, our base front this year is going to be very attack first, very aggressive. And I know, I mean, the coach, like the coaches on the defensive side of the ball, that's the mentality that they have. So it's really nice as a player to be able to do that. In the words of Jay Hill, let the big dogs eat. That's right. Okay, it's, it is time. Okay, a couple of quick hitters before you go, Bronson. Number yeah. one, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, the team up north has now put themselves in position to join the Big 12 Conference with BYU in 2024. How does this affect the Kafusi family? Because you're on both sides of it. <laughs> oh, man. There, it's going to be good on game day, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> we're going to separate everyone. No, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty, I mean, we're, we love the rivalry because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, I think I've only missed like three of them in over like 30 years. Um, wow. And, and the ones that we've had. Yeah, right? yeah. And I've seen them all or been there. And so I love that rivalry. And I am so happy 
that now <laughs> they're in the conference. Yeah. And that rivalry is going to be reborn. And it's going to be so intense. <laughs> and kind of like how it was when I was growing up. Yes. And I'm excited for that. I love that. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, you know what? We should do an alumni, uh, you know, them football versus game. us and maybe pick up basketball, okay, not pickleball. Yeah. There's not football. But You know, we were just talking about injuries a minute ago. We may just want to stay away from that. Probably true. Probably true. Okay, last quick hitter. All you have to do is give me a number. With your blue goggles on, but still like a realistic filter, is that possible in the blue goggles? Not like, with the blue goggles. Like, okay. Realism goes out the door once that's <laughs> Okay, I'm going to just balance it as much as you can. with Try and keep it realistic, but a little blue goggle-ish. What's the number of wins BYU picks up this year? Realistic best case scenario. Best case scenario. Yes. I'm gonna say eight. Eight would be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Eight and four in the regular season would be incredible. Yes. All right. Best case. Bronze. Let's go, man. Um, we got eight, it. Eight's the number of the day. Eight was your average score on a hole for golf this morning. <laughs> that, that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> together. We can sing it together. Oh, thanks for coming in, brother. Great stuff. We appreciate the time. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Bronze. <laughs> After further review, returns next week for the second edition of Meet the Players. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon as they break down the best plays from impact players such as Ben Bywater, Max Tooley, and others. Be sure to watch the brand new episode next Tuesday at 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Coming up, Zach Wilson continues to develop his skill set under the GOAT, Aaron Rodgers. What did Jets head coach Robert Sala have to say most recently about Mr. Wilson? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Threads. Welcome back to Studio B. Happy Friday, everyone. This is how we do it on BYU Sports Nation. Alongside Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. Let's roll out today's headlines. Presented by Tim Daly Nissan. Part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. BYU football training camp continues today and this weekend with a closed scrimmage happening tomorrow. Keanu Hill was named to the Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award watch list, which goes to the best college football player from the state of Texas. And Chaz Ayu, Atunaisa Mahe, Paul Miley, Isaac Rex, and Kingsley Suamatia were all named to the Polynesian College Football Player of the Year award watch list. Hey, what's your TV watching plan like this weekend? Well, I'm going to give you some ideas, beginning with the NFL preseason notable games featuring Cougars in the NFL. Tyler Algier and the Atlanta Falcons take on my Cincinnati Bengals today. It's preseason. I don't care who wins. I just want Tyler to play well. Zach Wilson and the New York Jets take on the Buccaneers tomorrow. Zach has once again become one of the more, maybe the most intriguing preseason quarterback to watch because he of is, NFL hard knocks. He has done well too. And he's, yes, absolutely playing well. Jaron Hall, Kyrus Tonga, and the Minnesota Vikings take on the Tennessee Titans tomorrow. And Puka Nakua, maybe he's the other guy along with Zach Wilson. Just, I mean, he just, there's something happening yes. good every day, it feels like, from camp from Puka Nakua. The Rams take on the Raiders tomorrow. Uh, there is a, a very blatant omission uh, in this list. 
uh, Matt Bushman and the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> in Glendale, Arizona, taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Jason, that was purposeful. I hope you know that our producers, we all collaborated just to make you mad. I just want to point out that the last time that the Chiefs were at that stadium, we won the Super Bowl. Just throwing that out there. It's true. Number 13, BYU Women's Soccer beat number 21 St. Louis last night 3-2 behind goals from Bella Foligno, the Karma Lives, yes. Olivia Wade Katoa, and this one from Aaron Bailey. Peterson on the job, plays Bailey, a shot, a score! Aaron Bailey under the crossbar, and the Cougs retake the two-goal lead in the closing moments of the first half. Proved to be a massive goal. It was the difference in the game. Proved to be the game winner. Cougars win 3-2. Allie Fryer did leave the match last night with a knee injury. They mentioned during the broadcast that it wasn't expected to be serious. Hopefully that Great still news. holds. That's good news, absolutely. Up next for BYU, a home game tomorrow night against Cal State Fullerton. You can watch the game at 9 Eastern on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. 17th ranked BYU women's volleyball will hold their annual blue-white scrimmage tomorrow. The team picked to finish second in the inaugural Big 12 season. Whitney Bauer and Aaron Livingston on the preseason All-Big 12 team. BYU has added a couple of transfers to the roster this season. Kamile Hiapo, a senior from Arizona, and Kalia Thunstrom, a junior from Utah State. Good luck to the ladies as they push forward. BYU Golf's Cooper Jones advanced from the round of 32 in the U.S. Amateur Open yesterday before falling in the round of 16. Congrats to Cooper on a really impressive run. If you missed the breaking news at the top of the show, BYU men's basketball has announced the hiring of their fourth assistant coach. It is Colin Terry. Prior to BYU, Colin spent the last two seasons as an assistant coach in the NBA G League for the Greensboro Swarm, an affiliate of the Charlotte Hornets. Those are today's headlines. You ready for some opinions, Jason? Let's do it. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. The Athletic released a Big 12 preview yesterday, ranking all Big 12 teams into tiers. There were four of them, and they placed BYU in the bottom tier. They were in tier number four. Is, is BYU a bottom tier team? in the Big 12. How dare you? How dare you, Athletic, put BYU in the fourth tier? Uh, no, I don't think BYU is a fourth tier team in the Big 12. However, I understand it. I understand why all of the national prognosticators have BYU at 10th or 11th, some are even 12th and 13th. I get it because of what they lost. But you know what? In the fourth tier, Jason, you know what BYU can do from the fourth tier? They can lay in the weeds. And I keep hearing that phrase from BYU football players. We're just laying in the weeds. Let's go. Yeah, I, I don't think BYU is a bottom tier team in the Big 12. I, I think they will finish higher than that, uh, both in the tiers and in the final standings. Cougars hunt disguised in the weeds, Jason. Let's go. Be tall weeds, though, to hide a Cougar. 24-7 <laughs> Sports ranked all the teams in the new Big 12 by recruiting potential. Had BYU at number 13. Is that ranking fair or? too low. Uh, look, uh, it's it, it's probably fair. I mean, BYU has it's it's different when it comes to recruiting. It's just it's just different. I, again, I'm not going to put too much stock in any of this because I, a lot of the people that are making these don't nobody knows how this is going to play out for BYU. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just not putting any stock recruiting in recruiting potential. Now we're making lists of recruiting potential. Yeah. Let's just let's just let these teams let's play on the field and and, and get the recruiting continuing going, then we'll see. No, it's it's too low, but I think it's ridiculous that we're, we're ranking recruiting potential. Yeah. Not actual recruiting. Yeah. 
New York Jets head coach Robert Sala had some nice things to say about Zach Wilson. Uh, what do you make of these comments? He said his growth has been phenomenal and the confidence at which he's just letting the ball rip. Uh, he's playing without fear. He's letting bad plays go. The nuances, the ball handling. Basically, he's he's giving uh, Zach the attaboy for how he's handled not just the situation, yes. but then taking it out on the field and producing. I love that he also used the phrase, he's just learning so freaking much. <laughs> like, yes. Well, if you've watched Card Knocks, I'm glad he cleaned it up. <laughs> <laughs> this is BYU TV. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I love it. You know what I, I really love to see are the highlights coming from Zach Wilson's training camp. Yeah. His repertoire. Because you can just see Aaron Rodgers all over the footwork and the throws. Zach's been able to make throws, but it's just like these little body sh like positioning moves. It's Mahomes-esque. Mahomes-esque. It looks like Aaron Rodgers. And now he's completing uh, no-look no passes. It looks like Mahomes. <laughs> he's working with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Jason's on his Chiefs. Whatever, bandwagon. Uh, I shouldn't call it a bandwagon. You're, you're an OG. Um, but look at this throw from Aaron, from, sorry, from Zach Wilson, who looks like Aaron Rodgers, okay? The no-look pass from Zach. Jason, uh, speaking of confidence and playing with no fear, what do you think of that? Is that still Mahomes-esque or is that Aaron Rodgers? It's both. It's both, and it's, it's pretty, and it's effective, and I love that Zach is handling the situation the right way. This is going to pay off yes. for him, whether it's with yes. the Jets or somebody else. This will pay off for him. Jason, I was, I, I dare to like you to find somebody outside of the New York Jets organization that was more happy when I found out that Aaron Rodgers was yeah. going to New York because I knew what this would mean for Zach. It would mean a resurrection of what felt like a no-win situation. Right, yeah. Like, what had to happen? This, and that's about it. Aaron Rodgers was the only answer, okay? So in this multiverse, like he was the one in 14 million that could come and resurrect Zach Wilson and get him back to where he needs to be, and I'm here for it. Yep, I'm happy for I Zach. Glad it. things are starting to turn around a little bit there. All right, if you can't tell, Jason and I are amped for football. We're just amped for BYU sports in general. The fall season is oh, right around the corner. It's so fun. And to help us get ready for that and to enjoy the hype is Seth Killingbeck, the Vice President of Events and Experience for the BYU Alumni Association. This is the guy behind the scenes that plans all those incredible parties when you go out to road trips in Austin and Fayetteville and other places. He's behind the show, okay? He joins us next on BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B on a Friday jam-packed show today, and let's keep things moving right along as we welcome in Seth Killingbeck, the Vice President of Events and Experience for the BYU Alumni Association. I mentioned before the break, if there's a big party happening on the road somewhere and there's a, a massive BYU tailgate, Seth, you are very heavily involved in that, and it is no small feat to put together those parties. You know, I have the luxury of seeing you at these events and, like, seeing you run, run around and fight out the sweat and the stress. Like, what's it like to be in your position as BYU moves into the Big 12 and you handle this stuff? Man, it's exciting. First of all, let me say thank you for having me on this morning, and thank you for what you do for BYU Sports Nation, our motto for the Alumni Association is connected for good. 
and you guys do an incredible, you have a, a big role in keeping us connected for good across the country. So thank you. Yeah. And can I say thank you to my wife for letting me be here? She's yes, back in Nashville please. taking care of yes, everything. Yes, yes. So I can hear Gretchen. with that. Gretchen, yeah, well, lead up to the basketball, right? Anyway. <laughs> Gretchen's a big part of this Gretchen too, Gretchen's a big sure. part of this. She keeps everything going while, and lets me come on the road and do this. But anyway, um, I forgot your question now. No, just how, how is it, how is your role shifting now that BYU is in the Big 12? Like, have you noticed an uptick in people wanting to be involved, and especially in road trips? Yeah, absolutely. We're getting questions before, you know, before the, the season tickets were even on sale. People were wanting to know where are the tailgates, what's going to go on, how can I get involved? You know, we've got donors wanting to help out and be part of this. We've got just a lot of cool stuff going on. And it started, I don't know, nine years ago when BYU came out to MTSU. That's, that was my first involvement. Yes. And we had, uh, I mean, you're the one that kicked all this off, right? Yes. They were small tailgates. They said plan for two to 300 people. And we had about 2,500. That, that was, was the game. <laughs> if you remember that, that was after BYU was on a four-game losing streak. Yes. Taysom had gone down to Utah State. 10,000 BYU fans showed up at this game. At MTSU, middle of nowhere, Tennessee. Sorry, those in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro, yes. Yeah. And uh, freezing cold. It was awful, miserable weather. And they came out in droves, and BYU won. And it started uh, a four-game win streak. Yeah. And then fast forward, we went to Knoxville back in 2019. and That was a special environment, a special tailgate party. That was awesome. We had a lot of fun with that one. We, uh, we got the National Parks to come out and play a concert again. Spencer was out there. I mean, that's the highlight, right? We just tell them Spencer's coming. And, and then they turn flock. Out, turn out in droves, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they, they, look, you got you to go with what, uh, what gets them Seth, out, Seth, right? you were doing so well until you just told a blatant lie on national television. <laughs> so what's, what's on tap for this year? What, what can you tell us about this year's events? I think if you were in Knoxville or saw what happened there or some of the ones in the last couple of years, I think you're going to see that maybe bigger, probably hopefully better. And that was 5,000 plus, right, in Knoxville? Yeah, at the tailgate. At the and tailgate. We had... We had 10, 15,000 fans in the, in the stadium. I remember yes. that was awesome when, uh, when Tyson Williams scored that touchdown in a double overtime. That was nuts. It was like being in Provo almost. It was Wild. so loud, the BYU chants and everything. So you, f there. you feel like the, in Fayetteville, like that's SEC. I know it's non-com, but like when yeah. you get to Austin and, yeah. you know, even Lawrence and Kansas, you feel like it's going to be more geared toward what you had in Knoxville. Absolutely. Yeah, there's so much excitement from fans and alumni uh, going out to, to all of these big 12 cities. You know, I mean, that's, that's football country, uh, a lot of this. And so they're excited. We, um, you know, when, when we do these, we've got three main goals in mind. We want to connect with our alumni, so we want to throw a big party. We want to bring in live music. We want to have good barbecue. We want to have, you know, we want fans to feel like they're in Provo for a home game when they come to these things. And so we have a great time with that connecting with our alumni. We want to connect with students. And so all of the money that we raise from these tailgates goes to fund scholarships for local students from that area who are coming to BYU. Hmm. And so there's a lot of money that comes out of those uh, that we're able to give back to students. And then our third big thing is we want to connect with the community. And that's something that's been growing. And that's something we're really excited about for this year. The last couple of years, you know, every tailgate we've had uh, a service component to it. Awesome. And so uh, this year we've got them lined up already uh, with each of the cities, you know, uh, and we're excited. It's local alumni chapters, local alumni leaders that are, that are putting these together, and we're kind of helping coordinate on a national level. That's so cool. And different things that you're donating at each of these different road trips. Yeah, that's right. We're doing anything from a couple of book drives in conjunction with the David O. McKay School of Education, and in some instances collaborating with the university, you know, the hometown university. Yeah. And those were, um, one of them were gathering uh, athletic equipment for uh, a couple of organizations, one of which I believe has benefits some refugees that have come into the, to the country. So we're, we're excited to, to, to do something good in the community. 
Great stuff. We'll finish with this. If people want to get more involved, what's the fastest and simplest way to get involved? Yeah, go to alumni.byu.edu. Um, check it out. Talk to talk to your local alumni chapter. If you don't know who that is, contact the, the folks in Provo. Go on the website, and they'll get you hooked up. They're always looking for help. They're looking for people with energy. And, uh, and just come out to the game, come out to the tailgate, and have a good time. That's what we want. Simple enough. Go Seth, on. it's great to have you in Studio thanks, B. Seth. And thanks to Gretchen. Again, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. allowing you to be <laughs> out here <laughs> yeah, as you put together these incredible events and uh, these great efforts. Thank you for your time. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Seth. All right, after a 3-2 win over 21st-ranked St. Louis last night, number 13 BYU Women's Soccer back in action tomorrow night hosting Cal State Fullerton. You can check it out at 9 Eastern time on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. You know, Jason, there's only one proper way to open this whole Big 12 campaign, and that is part of our Rise and Shout Out next. I like it. This is BYU Sports Day. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Our question of the day, do you think that BYU men's basketball and their non-conference schedule will adequately prepare the Cougars for Big 12 conference play? At TashaLynn19 on X, huge basketball fan. What's up, Tasha? No, but that's not really a bad thing. BYU needs an easy non-con so they can win a decent number of games over the season. I think the only thing that will prepare them for Big 12 play is to get thrown into the fire, and I'm ready to burn right along with them. <laughs> That's one way to look at it, I guess. That's a true fan. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Patrick Neal on Instagram. He says, I think it gives the team plenty of time to learn how to play together and gets them ready to play uh, and it should translate to some wins in the Big 12. Yeah, like, you need time to gel. You need time to get on the court, time to practice and be at home. Like you said, get some momentum get heading some, into conference play. Win at least four straight games going into yep. conference play. Win 10 in the non-con. I feel like you should be good. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Women's soccer last night, first team on campus to play as a member of the Big 12. It was not a conference game, but also first to win as a member of the Big 12. It's just, it's the only way, Jason. It's awesome. Our thanks to today's guests, Bronson Kafusi and Seth Killingbeck. Conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Taylor Sander. We'll see you back here in Studio B for a Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Enjoy your weekend and go Cougs.